In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. Welcome to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, part of the Her Insight Network on Toginet. Vivian is here to talk to you, to encourage you, and to show you how she had a successful homeschooling experience with her Wildflower Academy, and that her kids turned out great, and that with God's help, you can create the same experience she did. From her beginnings in Hostert, West Germany, to Dallas, it's been quite a journey, and her abilities to adapt, survive, and thrive are what make her unique in homeschooling. So have your pen and paper ready. It's The Sociable Homeschooler. And now, here's your host, Vivian McNinney. With the words of the psalmist in Psalm 23, Surely your goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I know that what I've been able to do for my children with homeschooling is right, and I'm comforted, even on my most challenging days. Good afternoon. Welcome to The Sociable Homeschooler, and I'm your host, Vivian McNinney. Well, we've had rainy one day, sunny the next. My daffodils are looking lovely, but my mood's been up and down with the weather. Time for summer, I'd say. And I'm feeling more comfortable about talking to myself. I have no mirror, no cat, just photographs around my desk. And I look forward to the hour that we spend together each week. Hello, friends. Hope you're well. I had a different kind of week, as I said, ups and downs. It was broken up with trips to the theatre in the evening and visits to the labyrinth during the day. Our labyrinth is surrounded by a columbarium, and it's peaceful to walk in when the stress levels rise, which is what was going on this week. And I saw four plays in the evenings. Those were stress relievers, too. I saw Greater Tuna, hilarious. Little Women at the college, excellent. I sing at Water Tower, good. And we saw Little Women again, the second cast at the college, and that was excellent. Three musicals and a comedy. Well, to keep up my my spirits, I go to Jazzercise every day. I'm a front row person. This morning, a lady from the back row, they call themselves the back row babes, came up to me about 30 minutes into the class and said, I was standing behind you thinking, I don't know that person up front, but whoever she is certainly knows how to Jazzercise. It wasn't until you turned around that I recognized it was you. Yep, I've changed my hair again. I have a new look. For the moment, wherever I go, I'm incognito until word gets around. And talking of dance, jazzercise is dancey. My younger sister is a dancer, takes after mum. She used to take ballet, but you know, that discipline is brutal on the body. The turnout, the straight knees, dancing without adequate support in their shoes, dancing on point. Her hips and knees suffered enormously, and at 16, she was hobbling around like an old lady. She now dances at Collin College and is preparing for a solo appearance at a major fundraiser for the college in April. She does modern dance, which is brutal in its own way, but it doesn't seem to force anything like ballet does. They go barefoot, though, so still no support for those poor little feet. She's come a long way from the first time she attended a ballet class. She was only four. And the class was for five- and six-year-olds at the rec centre. Not to be deterred either by my absence. I was in the gym watching the boys prepare for their meet. Or the stern-looking teacher. Malia stood in front of her in a perfect first position and asked if she could take class. 
The teacher's first concern was, where's mum? I was duly fetched by my determined daughter, and hand in hand we returned, smiled at the teacher, who said, yes, you can join my next class to see if you like it. And when the time came, my excited daughter donned her long, long, tall, black swan tutu and tiny pink ballet shoes. Under her instruction, I slipped her hair back into a beautiful ballet bun and she applied very red, red lipstick. I've got photographs to prove it. And thus clothed, she embarked on her ballet career. All the other little girls were in sweats or shorts and wore their hair in braids or loose. She had it right from the start. Want to hear a funny story? My oldest son, the filmmaker, was doing a shoot downtown last week. It went on until the wee hours, and he missed the last train to Garland. He slept at the office on the couch and caught the first train out the following morning at 5.30 a.m. from Union Station. He remembers pulling out of Union Station, and the next thing he remembers is pulling back into Union Station. He'd done the full hour-and-a-half circuit, complete with a 20-minute stopper over at his disembarkation point, Garland. He said he must have been dead to the world, drooling and snorting his way through rush hour. Passengers must have thought he was an indigent. Have you ever done that? Coming from a public transport city myself, I've slept through my stops many times. And in the evenings when our children go out, we always ask them to come to our room and tell us they're home. The other night, my youngest was going to be home alone while we went to see one of those plays. She said as we were leaving, when you get in, come and tell me I'm home. We thought that was funny, so we went and did that to her. And I keep a record of funny expressions and words used by my children over the years. And even though they're older and more articulate now, I still get the occasional gem. Like, my youngest went to church camp for the first time when she was about 15, and on the first afternoon she went to pick up her afternoon snack, a packet of M&Ms and a drink. Before she ran off with it, the lady behind the counter said, and what do you say? Her reply was, this is my first time at camp. I don't know what I'm supposed to say yet. Thank you, the lady said. Poor child. (laughs) Anyway, it's time for me to go to my book. And we're still in Chapter 2, Letting Go of Big Bird. And I've shut down my homeschool after only a few hours and gone to the gym, where my mentor has persuaded me that things will work out eventually. Not tomorrow, but eventually. Here's hoping for tomorrow. On day two, I instigated a new strategy. At the sound of the bell, we all gathered in the schoolroom with the dog, and I handed out colouring pages. They all retreated to their respective cubicles and quietly went to work. I had the youngest on my lap and she was quiet. So far, so good. One minute down, 359 to go. However, the oldest didn't need to spend the first part of the morning colouring, so I decided to pull him from his cubicle and take advantage of the lack of distractions to give him his spelling words. I soon learned that a colouring page lasts anywhere from 30 seconds to 10 minutes that the numerous requests for water are probably grounds for installing a water fountain upstairs, and that diaper changing cannot be put off even for a second if one wants to avoid all the jokes and comments about who's made the room smell, why does the room smell, and can we move to a room that doesn't smell now? By the time I changed the offending diaper, brought water upstairs in a portable fountain called sipper cups and a pitcher, and issued several colouring pages at once, It was time for Sesame Street, and day two ended rather abruptly when I realised I'd lost them all to the charms of Big Bird. Maybe on day three things would improve.
Homeschooling is flexible. My new mantra. Homeschooling is flexible. Hmm. Day three saw me ascend to the schoolroom with only my oldest son and the baby in tow. I left the other two downstairs under the care of the dog, who promptly shirked his duties as soon as he realized where I was. The two middle children played quietly downstairs, listening to music and building on their Lego table while I ran through dictation, grammar and taught a math lesson to my oldest and only pupil for the moment. The baby crawled around the floor for a while and finally decided she was lonely and began whimpering for company. At this stage in her life, it was supposed to be all about her and she let me know how neglected she felt, loudly. While I held her, it was impossible to give my undivided attention to my son, who was struggling with compound interest. My heart started palpitating and I grabbed my inhaler while my daughter grabbed my hair and my son threw his pence on. Houston, I have a problem and I've not left home yet. The tense situation was not good. Even the dog cowered. I looked at the clock. It was time for Sesame Street again. I settled the baby with her sister downstairs, convincing myself that Big Bird had some educational value and eased my second son upstairs into his second school day. I prayed that we could move forward and improve on the miserable attendance record achieved so far at Wildflower Academy. Alas, I had miscalculated my magnetic prowess. I was no match for Big Bird. I simply couldn't compete with the street downstairs. Simon was a good and compliant child, but I could tell that he wasn't listening to me, although he did have his eyes firmly fixed on my face. My suspicions were confirmed when he shouted over my shoulder in the direction of downstairs. Did Oscar just pop out of his trash can when he said that? Yes, his sister answered. Oh, I've seen that episode then. He smiled and returned his attentive gaze to me. I could tell his heart wasn't into it, though. Math wasn't quite as entertaining as Oscar and his friends. And when Thomas the Tank Engine came on while he was trying to write his letters, I had to give him a 30-minute break while I put the baby down for her nap with the help of her older sister. Now my oldest needed help with his next subject, and somehow my middle daughter majored in colouring pages that day while I flip-flopped between the boys, television, naps, water, and lunch. When one o'clock came around, I congratulated myself on staying calm, and announced that day three had officially ended and that it had been reasonably good. Day four would be better, I told myself. There was going to be no television because it was too distracting. The middle children convinced me that they could babysit for a while until I was ready for them. Now remember, these children are young, under six, but I'd taken it upon myself to educate my offspring and I was going to enlist any help I could to make it work. Without Sesame Street, things deteriorated miserably, and when I could no longer ignore the teasing and high-pitched distress calls that I recognised as belonging to my youngest daughter, I anxiously ventured downstairs to the war zone. My middle children, I am ashamed to say, were practising their bullying skills on the newest and most vulnerable member of the family. I scooped her up, and as we beat a hasty exit to her bedroom, I noticed her arms reaching back towards her tormentors and a cheeky little smile on her tear-streaked face. She went down for a nap without any fuss, and I took the other two upstairs, where they worked on their colouring skills again. The rather conspicuous pile of coloured sheets of paper in their desks reminded me that so far my older daughter had only had art that week. My younger son was coming in at a close second with the addition of one measly sheet of math and a few letters carelessly written on lined paper. He'd been eavesdropping on Sesame Street, remember? Not one of my students had read, done science, Latin, music history or geography. 
Depressed and disillusioned, day four came to a premature close when the baby awoke and began crying to be rescued from behind the bars of her crib. Day five was a half day, officially. All homeschoolers, I'd been told by my mentor, go on an activity on Fridays. School is closed after lunch and they hit the bowling or skating rinks, go to the park, a museum or even a play. So with the mandatory colouring sheets completed for the last time that week, some math and spelling accomplished by my scholarly son and a modicum of math and writing attempted by my middle son between snatches of Sesame Street and Thomas the Tank Engine, we ate a celebratory lunch and set off in great holiday mood for our field debt trip. Day five ended moderately well. And I'll be back after these messages. How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. Girlfriend It is on Toginet. Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, with your hosts, Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan. This show is your chance to share, learn, laugh, and connect with other women. The Girlfriend It principle was born out of loss. Lisa had recently had her mother pass away from cancer, and my mom um, was murdered. A man just walking into a room and started a 23-second shooting spree. I think one of the things we both realized going through those tragedies is that you can be extremely okay and be extremely sad. Check out GirlfriendIt.com. And then be a part of Girlfriended, the radio show, Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central. You know, your boyfriend or, or your husband or whatever, they don't totally understand that emotional side to a woman like another woman does. And I think that's so important just to have somebody that you go, she gets me. Check out the website, girlfriended.com. Don't miss Girlfriended with Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan. Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central on toginet.com. What's your story? Are you living it? Well, you could be. It's What's Your Story with Hillary Bilbrey. Friday mornings at 10 Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Her passion is helping others discover, create, and live their personal brands. Yep, you heard me. You have a brand. No different than Coke, Pepsi, or Nike. You are a walking, talking, living, breathing brand. You're not a logo. You're not a tagline. The choices you make become the path you take. This is your brand. Now, live your story. Your brand is not just what you say it is. It's also what others say it is. So what are you communicating? And how can you create an authentic brand? We'll take on these challenges with What's Your Story? Every week, Hillary will feature teens, moms, and organizations that are learning and living their story. Now, her passion is to help others discover, create, and live their personal brands. To find out more, go to inspiredbyfamily.com. It's What's Your Story with Hillary Bilbrey. Friday mornings at 10 Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginet, part of the Her Insight Network. And now back to your host, Vivian McNinney. Well, hello, and I'm going to finish out my first week of homeschooling with you. Days six and seven were welcome days of rest, and I optimistically prepared for the coming week. Maybe it wouldn't be so bad if my one-room schoolhouse only taught one pupil. Perhaps once he was reading and safely off to college, I could devote all my attention to child number two, and so on. As they grew older, they may be trusted to leave on their own to play without killing each other. 
Thoughts like these were frequent visitors to my mind as I limped through the opening weeks of Wildflower Academy. When I had my first few hundred hours under my belt, my homeschooling one, who was a self-designated monitor of my activities, decided that I'd been left alone long enough and needed a visitor to inspect my schoolroom. She came for tea on one half-day Friday, and as she leaped through my curriculum, I warily asked her the question that had been bothering me from the start. Do you think I'm doing enough? Enough, she repeated. My heart sank at the tone of her voice. Who did I think I was to consider that I came anywhere near to her benchmark? I think you're doing too much, she said. Well, actually, I began and bit my tongue. I'm only doing that much with my oldest. The others don't do nearly as much. I should hope not. How old are they? Six and four? I'd let them play around the house, help with the baby, listen to you read, do some colouring, watch Sesame Street and Big Bird. She smiled at me and I noticed she'd applied her lipstick perfectly. How does she know what I was doing? Okay, well, it looks as though Hannah's on the line. So we're going to go to Hannah Keeley. Hannah? Hi, I'm here. Hi, Hannah, let me introduce you. You are the total mom. You have a website and Hannah blogs regularly as an author, a TV personality and a lifestyle expert. She's written two books. Her first book is entitled Hannah Keeley's Total Mom Makeover, a six-week program to completely transform your, transform your home, health, family and life. And her second book is a Hannah Keeley's No Stress Cookbook, 30 Recipes Under $10. Um, and if that's not enough, Hannah has appeared on the Today Show, Fox and Friends, TLC. She hosts her own public television series, Hannah Help Me, and she serves on advisory boards as a consultant and an expert. And I've not even got there yet. <laughs> Hannah is a mom. She has seven children, and she homeschools them all. So, Hannah, how do you do it? Man, you're making me tired just reading all that. I know. <laughs> I, you know, I think it's not so much because that is always the first question. How do you do it? And um, I think it's what I don't do, really. I, I mean, there's a lot of things that I choose not to do. I don't watch a lot of TV. I don't spend a lot of time on the computer. I don't, you know, I, I think it comes down to what you really want and um, just prioritizing. Absolutely. I agree with you. Television is a great time waster. And whenever I sit down at my computer and think, oh, I'll check my email, 30 minutes later, and I go, that was not worth 30 minutes. You know? I know. It just sucks you <laughs> in, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. It does. And when the computer's going slowly, it's, it's even worse. So, mm-hmm. no, I agree with you. I like to do all the, the other, the real stuff, getting hands-on, dirty, romping with the kids and, you know, cooking in the kitchen and all of that stuff is, is much Love more it. fun. Yeah, yeah. So, um, Hannah, so tell me about how long have you been homeschooling? Well, I've been homeschooling since my oldest started kindergarten and she is taking her SAT this Saturday. I oh, tomorrow. I can't believe it. Oh really? And I she's, know. I cannot believe we're already looking at colleges. And, and uh, she's looking at a college, what's she looking at? Oh she, well of course she's looking at um, mine and my husband's alma mater, which is Furman University in Greenville, South Carolina. And she's looking into um, George Mason University out in D.C. has got a great journalism program. So, you know, she's looking at um, here, there, everywhere, but she's a junior now, so we really don't have to, like, get really down to business until um, next year. So, 
So you, you homeschooled right from the start. So, so what made you want to homeschool? I think because I stopped and asked myself, why am I sending her to preschool? Mm-hmm. And I think so many times we, just as a culture, just as a society, we think this is the natural course of events. This is how I'm supposed to do things because we've been taught from day one, this is how it's supposed to be done. Mm -hmm. And I think when you really step outside of it, out of the influence of everything you've been taught and told, and get down to basic reasoning, like why am I doing this? What is the purpose here? It it totally changes how you look at things. Mm -hmm. And when I knew that I was totally equipped um, to teach her, and um, as far as a values-based education and character-based education, that um, why, why would I entrust that to anyone else? And a lot of what school is is basically learning how to adapt to an environment, and what kind of environment do I want my child to adapt to? So, um, you know, it just made me kind of wake up and think, um, how am I supposed to be doing this? Not how, what have I been told to do? How am I supposed to be doing this? That's like when, I'll never forget how liberating it was for me when I had my first child and have been told over and over again, you need to let her cry it out, put her in her bed, let her go to sleep. She needs to learn how to sleep in a crib. And I was just, it was creating this huge stress for me because just to hear my baby cry, I, di- I didn't want that. And my arms wanted to hold her. She wanted me to hold her. And I was like, why am I letting her cry it out? And I called my sister just, oh, I was sobbing. And I was like, she, she just cries when I put her in the crib. She won't learn how to sleep in her crib. All she wants to do is me to hold her in bed. And she's like, well, are you okay with holding her in bed? I'm like, yes, I love holding her. I, we love snuggling. She's like, Hannah, most of the world, sleep, their family sleep in a bed. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, you mean this is a cultural thing I'm adapting to? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was like, forget that. I'm going to mm-hmm. do what my soul and what my gut is telling me to do. Mm-hmm. And so, I think, you know, just it was so liberating. And so from then on, I have to make it a habit of myself to stop and say, what am I supposed to be doing here? What is my gut telling me? Mm-hmm. When um, and that comes in homeschooling probably once a week. I'm, you know, come on inside, guys. We need to do our history lesson, and they're outside playing in the mud. And they're like, Mom, can we just have? You know, oh, it's so much fun, and we're putting our Barbies, and they're having this. You know, they're playing in this mud puddle. I'm like, go ahead. You know, that's what you're supposed to be doing right now. Absolutely, absolutely. And you have to just ask yourself these things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know that. Um, I I think that um, the child has been taken out of childhood. And, uh, you know, our children are asked to grow up way too fast today. Mm-hmm. And I love, I love watching my children play and be a little bit not quite as savvy as their peers who, who aren't homeschooled, but, um, you know, in, intelligent and bright, but not as precocious. Right. And I think, and there's still children, because I was, when I was 18, I was, I was still a kid. I still used to crawl around on my stomach through the snow, pretending I was creeping up on an enemy or something like mm-hmm. that with my friends. And, you know, you, don't, you just don't see them doing it this day, doing that these days. But, um, you know, I just love that, and I agree with you. If my kids are playing, then, you know, that's school. It's all school as far as I'm concerned. It's learning yes. how to adapt and, and do Education that. Education goes beyond the books. Oh, yes, absolutely. And I discovered homeschooling, you know, being the teacher, that I, it, 
I couldn't remember any of the stuff that I'd learned in school. It was all almost new to me as I was going back through uh-huh. the kids, you know, the math and the Latin and all that stuff. But I loved it myself. And I thought, you know what, this education is wasted on my kids because they're never going to remember it. Right. And so why not just let them read what they want to read? So we did. We were heavy readers. That's what we did. That was that uh-huh. was a big thing. And write. And just if they're interested in something, go to the library and let's find stuff. Right. You know, right. And, and I'm always getting them to ask why. Like yesterday, he was um, my son. He's eight, and he was trying to get this light bulb to work by hooking up the wires to a battery, and then he put more batteries on there see if he could get it brighter. And then all of a sudden, it quit working. And he's like, "Mom, can you help me?" I'm like, "No. You know, I want you to figure out why it's not working now." And and so you know, seeing his. He finally deduced that he had not uh, stripped enough plastic away from the wire, and he didn't have it connected, the circuit connected. But you know what? That's, that's what I want my kids to do is to know that life is a pursuit of knowledge. It's not like, let me get some facts, and I'll spit them back out to you. Mm-hmm. But it's always asking why, and let me examine this, and let me learn. And, and they just have a hunger for knowledge. And I'll you know, go in, and I'll see my kids reading at 12 at midnight, and... I'm like, you know, please let me keep my light on a little bit longer, Mom. I'm like, yes, go ahead. You know, they're just stuck in a book. And, you know, you're right about um, a lot of today, you know, we strip the child out of childhood. And I have to tell you, um, just today I was looking out the window and my 13-year-old son was, had a shield and a sword and they were, he was sword fighting with his uh, 11-year-old brother. And I'm like, oh, thank you. Thank you that my teenager son still feels comfortable being a child, mm-hmm. I love. Of course, I, I catch myself sword fighting with them too, and that's that's kind of weird, but it's fun. <laughs> and um, your seven children uh, a range in age from what seventeen to you have a four-year-old. Yeah, my youngest is, right? is my youngest is four. So yeah, yeah I've got two older girls. Mm-hmm. I've got three boys in the middle, and then two little girls. And uh, they get on all well. They all get on really well together. Mine did too. Oh, they do. I love it so much. Yes, they do. Well, good. I was going to ask you, oh, do you use any particular kind of curriculum or do you just um, go, you know, what are we interested in? We'll go to the library and we'll do projects. I have to have some structure or or else I'll kind of drive myself crazy and feel like I'm not doing anything correctly. Mm -hmm. So um, I do go by a certain type of curriculum. We do a lot of sunlight curriculum for history because it's very literary based. Mm -hmm. Um, we do, you know, math. I've discovered teaching textbooks for my older kids because once they get to algebra, it's like, forget it. Yeah. There is no way I can help you now. And so that's been really helpful with their math. And, um, you know, I just kind of like, when I find a really good book, we're like, let's turn it into a study and let's, let's just have fun with it and come up with weird projects. So, you know, as long as we get, I do the basics, um, and then we just have fun. You know, today, all we did, honestly, was we did Bible and we did uh, sponge painting because we found these really cool sponges. Oh, well, that sounds like and that, that sounds great. Yeah, that's yeah. what we did. Of course, Fridays, we, we consider Fridays a day off anyway because we pack Monday through Thursday full. Mm-hmm. And then Fridays are library day. But today, yeah. we went out in the car to go to the library and the battery's dead. So, like, guys, we're going to do something else today. All right, Hannah, I'm, we're going to go on a break here for about 90 seconds, and then we'll be back and we'll talk some more, okay? Sounds good.
How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. Join Learning and Laughter with Louise every Wednesday at 9 Eastern, 8 a.m. Central on Toginet to discuss fun, fascinating, and educational topics. Each week, Louise will be talking with a variety of guests, ranging from authors, educators, parents, filmmakers, athletes, and entrepreneurs, just to name a few. You know, when it comes to learning, the sky is the limit. And so will the topics that are covered here on Learning and Laughter with Louise. Louise Sattler is a school psychologist who has worked within the fields of special education and bilingual education. She also owns a successful company, Signing Families that creates DVDs and special workshops to teach sign language and instructional products for people of all ages and needs. With new DVDs coming out soon, check her website for more information at signingfamilies.com. From time to time, Louise will be joined by her daughter, Natasha Sattler, who will give a college-age perspective to the show. So pour that morning cup of coffee and join us here on Toginet every Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Central. You never know who will show up for Learning and Laughter with Louise on toginet.com. On radio, where regular people do really cool things. With Dara Blaker, happening Friday evenings at 7, 6 Central. Part of the Her Insight Network on Toginet.com. Now, we all know somebody, a regular person just like you and me, who is really interesting and does something really cool. Maybe it's your neighbor who is a mom who has authored and self-published a book. Maybe it's your friend who goes mountain climbing on the weekends. Maybe it's you. Dara Blaker grew up on Long Island, and she's been playing music for as far back as she can remember and made music her career. Dara herself is quite the character, too. Find out about her music with her husband at VampAngel1111.com. Her teaching music, piano, violin, voice, flute, and guitar, as well as preschool music classes at ColorMeMusic.com. That's with the French spelling C-O-L-O-U-R. Plus, her mom entrepreneurship with MightyMiracleMess.com. So you see, regular people really do really cool things. Dara on Radio with Dara Blaker. Happening Friday evenings at 7, 6 Central. Part of the Her Insight Network on Toginet.com. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginet, part of the Her Insight Network. And now back to your host, Vivian McNinney. And welcome back. I'm with Hannah Keeley, the total mom. And actually, I was just listening to that last commercial, and I heard him say color. That's the French spelling, C-O-L-O-U-R. And I went, no, that's the English spelling. <laughs> Me did too. you hear that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, th- I thought, did he say O or the E? See, only a homeschool e? teacher would, would figure that out. <laughs> um, all right. Let's talk a little bit about the stereotype that's attached to homeschoolers, because people, when they meet me and my family, go, well, we would never have known that you were homeschoolers. And if homeschooling family can look like, like yours... What do you think? What am I supposed to look like? What is... What? I'm sorry I'm not wearing my denim jumper. You know, I must have left it at home. And I'm sorry. <laughs> and it just, it just kind of gives them the courage to go, well, if you can do it and your children can look kind of like that, then... It's nothing scary for me to do. And I think to myself, that's such a shame because, you know, homeschoolers are different kinds of people. I've interviewed a lot of people over the last few weeks, and my goodness, they're not the stereotypical homeschoolers at all. Not at all. And so your family, and obviously you, you're you're busy, busy, busy with with your books. I mean, where do you find time to write a book? You know, it's just here, there, and everywhere. I mean, I, I call it little pockets of time. You really have to find those little bits of time here and there. I wake up early in the morning, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes I go to bed pretty late at night. And mm-hmm. um, I am very, very blessed with a husband who um, just supports me in everything I do. It is I could not do anything without his support. He is amazing. And I like this weekend. We're getting ready to launch a brand-new made-over website um, on Monday, and we are busting our tails to get this thing done. And so I've got to, you know, fill up so much content this weekend. And, you know, he's already said, you know, you have the day. So <laughs> I'm going to be working one. really hard. But you just find those little pockets of time. Yeah. And they're there. I mean, I find when you have your priorities straight, um, it, it miraculously, I, th- I think God just intervenes, and it just supernaturally happens. But every time I will promise you this. Every time my priorities get out of whack and I say, I've got to do this business first and then I'll get to the kids, that's when it all gets screwed up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kids first. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. If the family isn't first, then, then forget about it because everything else from there is not going to work out. There's going to be problems. There's going to be more obstacles than you can count. But when, it, when you have it straight, when you have family first, then it just happens and I don't even know how but it does mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well I used to find that if I when I was writing if I said okay I need to write from two till four if I was stuck with a child at like one forty-five, I could feel my stress level rising I was thinking it's getting close to two and I'm not going to make my two o'clock deadline so in the end I decided just two hours a day any two hours is fine And that way I was able to just go ahead and, you know, be stress-free with my kids and everything. And sometimes I wouldn't sit down at my desk until maybe 11 o'clock at night and I'd write write for my two hours and I'd be fine. Yeah, and uh, And, and honestly, that's sometimes, that's probably the only time it happens for me is is late at night. (laughs) Yeah, when everybody's asleep. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, when else? Come on. I mean, seriously. (laughs) And so... This is the most common question that homeschoolers are asked. What about socialization? It, that just makes me laugh. I'm so, I, that is so funny to me because, again, it's this cultural thing we've been taught to socialize our kids, mm-hmm. which means stick them in a peer setting with all different social groups and teach them to conform as one unit when that is never the case out mm-hmm. in the real world. And I'll look at middle school classes and I think it's the worst in middle school. I think it's just, I think that is probably the hardest years on a child in the school system because it's just, all it is is a pecking order. Mm-hmm. And I don't want that. If you're going to learn how to adapt to other people or learn social behaviors from other people, I want them to learn those social behaviors from me and my family and, and people who believe the same way we believe and practice the same courtesy and um, practice the same manners and hospitality. I don't want them to learn to adapt or, or, or to adapt different standards mm-hmm. th- than what we have in our home. Mm-hmm. And so I've never, you know, if you'll find that homeschool kids are usually the most socially well-adjusted kids. I. We play, my kids play sports and everything, and I notice the ones who are, you know, help a child up if they fall or, you know, congratulate someone on a, on a good game even if they lost or are able to have a sportsman-like attitude. A lot of times those are the homeschooled kids. So 
that's mm-hmm. the kind of behavior I wanted my kids. And so I'm, I'm happy that they're not being socialized in an environment that is not conducive to what I believe. Now, do you have um, a heavy homeschool support group there? Um, we do. It's kind of like uh, we do have support groups, and um, they're wonderful. I get – it's funny because – we mainly use it as a resource. You know, do you have a book I can borrow? Do you have this mm-hmm. I can borrow? But we have, you know, monthly meetings. And my oldest kids also go to a um, a kind of like a homeschool school that meets two days a week. Mm-hmm. So they can cover those topics that I'm not as, you know, not as well versed in. And I could not teach pre-calculus if you paid me a million dollars. I could not teach my child pre-cal. <laughs> and so she's doing uh, several courses. Um, in French, you know, things I never took French. I took German. And so they're able to do this with um, teachers that can do that. And it's in a homeschool environment, and I really like it. It's been very, mm-hmm. it's been very beneficial for us. Um, and the younger ones, you say, you say your children are in sports. So is that homeschool-based sports, or do you do no, it in a public we just, school? No, you know, it's like your typical YMCA or whatever. Oh, okay. my, um, actually, though, my oldest daughters play on a volleyball team, and those are – that is with a homeschool group, mm-hmm. and uh, they're they're great too. Yeah. They're amazing. Um, what about? Oh, I heard from somebody that um, you know you've been homeschooling many many years, and that you were a, a vegan. Are you a vegan? No. No, I don't think so. What? No, I don't, I don't know no, what no, I am. Well, what you am know, I? You I looked at your recipes I? and I went. Hmm, she, she's got recipes up here for chicken and stuff like that, so probably that was, that was incorrect information that I got. But let's talk about your, your recipes that you put up there as, uh, on your website. Are you, um, is this stuff that oh, you I'm cook? vegan. I'm sorry. I totally oh, did not hear the, I, okay. I'm not, I, actually, we're vegetarian, and I don't do um, a lot of dairy, and we do eat eggs, and, um, but we're not, we're not like strict vegan. Because okay. we eat eggs. So what so, do you think uh, I said? Huh? What do you think I said? I thought you said a beacon. I'm like, a beacon? What is that? <laughs> like some group that I haven't been, like, introduced to yet? Do I have to, like, pledge this sorority? I don't know. I'm so confused. I'm well, you said you denied it. Can I start the beacon group? Can you start the vegan group? Oh, the beacon group. <laughs> yes, you can if you want to. Okay, so so I was right. I think it was Stacy who told me that you were vegan. Yes, yes, okay. we yes we are vegetarians um, and we're semi vegan. Um, but I do have, but all the recipes on my website they're they're healthy, they're easy, and I'm not. I don't just put vegetarian recipes out there because I know that not everyone's a vegetarian. So yeah. Um. Okay. So your TV show. We need to talk about your TV show. It's just being launched, I believe. Um, it's, it actually, we just wrapped up production of our second season. Oh, okay. okay. I know, and I'm so excited. It's yeah, just it's wonderful. It, it is so much fun doing this. Um, and where do we find it? You can go to hannahelpme.com, and it'll tell you. It's got, like, this link on the website where you can find out where it's showing near you. It's a public television series. Mm-hmm. And so if your local public television station is not airing it, then, honey, you better get on the phone and tell them they've got to air it because right. it's a great show. And so how does that work? Because I, I did go on and have a look and you had some, you know, sort of moms that have appeared on, on my show or 
women that have appeared on my show. And, you know, what do you do? Do you do makeovers and that kind of stuff? Well, I spend two days with them. And basically, these are moms who are at the end of their rope. And I know because I've been there, I have, I've been, you're just down and out mom. I remember after I had, you know, I was pregnant with my third child. I was depressed. We were bankrupt. We were, um, house was cluttered. I didn't know what I was doing. You know, I was just really lost and confused. And I remember just crying one day. There's so much laundry to fold. I don't know how to do all this. What am I doing? Why did God give me these precious children if I was just going to ruin them? And realized no one was coming in to rescue me. This was something I was going to have to do, and I knew God had created me for a better life. So I picked myself up, and from that day on, just said, I'm not, I'm not going to live like this any longer. I deserve an abundant life, a wonderful life, a joyful life. That is my birthright, but I've got to agree with that, and I've got to step out in faith and make that happen. And we, um, you know, it was, it was just a learning process, and found out what works, what doesn't. So now I help moms because I know how it feels to think I can't exist one more day like this. I'm miserable. And so I go there to their house for two days, and I help them not only, you know, with their problem areas, which they think, you know, sometimes it's like, well, my house is so cluttered, or my kids and I don't get along, or my marriage is suffering. It always stems from something deeper inside. And so I not only help them with the surface stuff, but we go inside and we're like, what is causing this? What, what in my heart is creating this reality? And I'm going to turn it around and I'm going to make better things happen. And so I don't just change the life. I change the person who created that kind of life so that they can create something better. It's a positive mindset, right? Oh, that's, you know, it all starts inside. Yeah, yeah. It all starts in your head. You just and, need somebody uh, from you need somebody from the outside objectively looking at you and, and, and helping you along. And sometimes your husband can't do that because they know you too, too well close. and you just don't listen yeah, to them. Yeah, they're too close to you. That's like the last mom I helped. She yeah. said, you know, I just needed someone to step in and say, seriously, what, what are you doing? And that was me. And I read on your... Um, your blog the other day, you were tackling zone four, which was your outside stuff, you know, the uh-huh. little, little bit at a time. And I think I saw that you were wiping down, you know, dusting your porch furniture and that kind of stuff. And I thought, yeah. how does she find <laughs> the time to do that? Dusting her porch. And it's so funny. If you can look, we had like mud all over the place yesterday. Uh-huh. And I'm like, you know what? It's all a process. Sweep it in. Hannah, thank you so much. That's the end of our time. I heard my music. I had oh, so much fun. Right. Time to go. I had a great time talking to you. Have a wonderful weekend. Good luck on your new website. Okay, thank you so much. Thank How you. Do Bye. You toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling. That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. Another Way of Living with Susan Dobson is on Toginet, Wednesday evenings at 8, 7 Central. Hi, I'm Susan Dobson, host of the new talk show, Another Way of Living. On Another Way of Living, we talk about what I call the unspeakable. When I was growing up, if there was a problem, a pink elephant in the living room, everybody walked around it, nobody talked about it. Sound familiar? 
Tune in and listen to my guests and callers talk about their solutions to problems just like yours. If you are ready and really want another way of living, then this is your show. Wednesday evenings at 8, 7 Central with Susan Dobson. On Another Way of Living, we talk about life, its problems, its challenges, and above all, its solutions. Another Way of Living educates and informs. It makes you laugh. It makes you cry. Plus, the live format lends itself to surprising and heartfelt revelations from Susan and her guests. You'll be surprised by what's shared, what's learned, and what could change. Join us for Another Way of Living with Susan Dobson. Wednesday evenings at 8, 7 Central on toginet.com. Get ready for the Not-So-Soccer Mom Tuesday afternoons at 1 Eastern, noon Central on Toginet with Jill Hickey. You name it, from politics to pop culture to Jill's search for the perfect bronzer and chicken salad. The Not-So-Soccer Mom will weigh in on it all. The sentence, I have no opinion about that, is one that Jill has never uttered. In the early 90s, Jill finally decided to put her thoughts, opinions, mom advice, love of pop culture, hummus, and Starbucks, working out, cosmetic shopping, and politics into an actual website and thus NotSoSoccerMom.com was born. Shortly after her fourth child, a boy, Jerome, now she's really got tons of topics to share with you. This is Laugh Out Loud Funny, and we're not kidding. What's a loud Nebraska girl who lived in Little Rock for many years and now is up in the Northeast doing, chronicling her opinions on everything? The wheels aren't off yet, but it's close. It's the Not-So-Soccer Bomb with Jill Hickey. Tuesday afternoons at 1 Eastern, noon Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginet, part of the Her Insight Network. And now back to your host, Vivian McNinney. Well, I'm back, and I was talking to Hannah Keeley, the total mom and um, she has a website. You just go on to www.thetotalmum.com. Go on there. You will find everything that she's doing. You'll find her blog. You'll find recipes. You'll find hot pics. You'll find articles. You'll find news about her show. Just everything. And she's an amazing woman. And I'm so glad that she was able to be my guest today. Um, okay, we're back. Um for years as a homeschooling mom, I've listened to friends, acquaintances, and fellow field trippies go on and on about the big bad world that we live in. How they want to follow Paul's word, that Saint Paul, and be in the world but not of it. Living in the world is fun. It's great. It gets better every day as long as the sun shines and the children are good. Some of what may be considered of the world is Good too. Television, Facebook, texting, other digital technology, for example. How quickly today do we learn about and are able to send aid to foreign countries that have just experienced a natural disaster compared with even 10 years ago? However, as humans and pretty intelligent humans at that, we have the tendency to turn even the most wonderful thing into something we may not want to be a part of. This is a recurring theme for C.S. Lewis. He says that even love can be twisted into an evil thing by human nature. Go where you like with that, but you get my drift. The great English physicist Stephen Hawking, famous for his contributions to cosmology, in particular the field of quantum gravity in the context of black holes, has spent his life working towards his goal to reach a complete understanding of the universe. Hawking is totally crippled by the fatal Lou Gehrig's disease and is Britain's oldest known survivor at the age of 67. He says this about human nature. 
I think computer viruses should count as life. I think it says something about human nature that the only form of life we've created so far is purely destructive. We've created life in our own image. So I take the good work the world has to offer and use it to better my life and live to the glory of God. Consider the Hebrews when they left Egypt. What did God tell them to do? Go ask the Egyptians for silver, gold and clothing for your exodus. And the Egyptians gave them what they asked for. So the Hebrews plundered the Egyptians and used their precious valuables to build the tabernacle in the wilderness. The southern homeschooling world that I find myself in has the consensus of opinion that not being of the world means getting rid of everything in the house that might smack a secularism, thus providing a window or door for Satan to enter by. So what did these homeschoolers do? They got rid of most of the material possessions bought blindly before they were born again, including but not limited to all plastic combat men, action figures, paintings, books and music by pagans. The latter meant all rock and pop music in the form of LPs, 8-tracks, reel-to-reels, cassette tapes and CDs, foreign Christmas tree ornaments, the Christmas tree itself, oriental rugs, beanie babies and drum sets were all disposed of. And the TV? Well, not all TVs. This is daddy's domain and thus the hardest to let go of. Apparently, according to a reliable source, the anonymous tattletale wife, if only the 10 o'clock news is washed and as long as the children are safely asleep in bed... Then all is well. It's only a window when it's on and beguiling children. Besides, Daddy was bigger than any temptation Satan could throw at him from the plasma scream. Beware of falling into idol worship. I was cautioned at every homeschool meeting I attended. I'd been to some pretty great garage sales. For a reasonable price, I've added countless doors and windows for the enemy to creep through and take possession. Only, I don't believe it's the inanimate item that provides the window. It's the worship, adulation, obsession generated by the item. How much do we love our material stuff? We're now back to the beginning where I was talking about our tendencies to make good things into sinful things. Life in our own image, as Hawking said. Curiously, in their now empty houses, my in-the-world-but-not-of-it acquaintances found that their children gradually started questioning them. If they were allowed out to socialize, this is what I heard spilling from their innocent mouths. But Seventh Heaven is a Christian drama. Pastor Bob's children watch it all the time. What about Touched by an Angel? Veggie Tales? What do we read when we finish the Bible again? And what about dating? Oh boy, I've watched these sheltered children who grew up without store-bought toys books, carpets, TVs, radios, drums, or beanie babies, pop their baby blues wide open when they discover there's a whole new world out there. It appears to me that there are only a certain number of years before the newborn fire of Christianity peters out and the world starts creeping back via the younger generation. What's needed is some good old-fashioned balance a la Hannah Keeley. Truthfully, I think something awful happened to my fanatical friends. It appears that the absence of those great books by pagan authors on shelves, records on turntables and toys in cupboards left gaping holes for the unwelcome mighty adversary to spring right in and carefully plant idle seeds in the minds of the innocent. Truly, each one of the homeschool families I started with are now broken and ravaged by everything they'd hoped to avoid when they were stalwartly and obediently got rid of their record collections et al. All I can say to them is, don't come knocking on my door for your stuff. And Kathy, she's on the line. Hello, Kathy. You've had me laughing there, Vivian. Oh, good, good. <laughs> and it's also at- true. Unfortunately, I have to play catch up with you because I've been 
out running around and just walked in the door. So I missed your talk with Hannah Keeley, who I looked up yeah. and looks like an incredible woman. So I'll have I to know. I'll have to do playback to see uh, see what happened with Hannah. Did you have a good conversation? Yeah, we did. She was great. She was great. She looks, she sounds like she's just an incredible person, Vivian. She said, you've worn me out just reading all of the stuff that I do. And I said, yeah, <laughs> worn me out too. Well, now, no more than you, you're an incredible mother yourself. Well, thank you. So are you. You're out with your daughter or you were out with your daughter, right? I was right? out with her running around doing bits and pieces of things, you know. And just, is, she, uh, is she on spring break this week? She's on spring break, but she's leaving for Boston tomorrow morning. She has yeah. uh, a week uh, study in Boston. Which, oh, you know, really? it's just going to be a lot of fun. But it, it's a week study, but she's off tomorrow. So we just did our are running around today but you know i was thinking about you and how you stayed home with your kids and that was a career for you i was thinking about you and the difference with my mom because i you know i don't know how it was with your mom don't know how if she stayed home or i've missed what hannah said if she was ever out working i'll have to replay that and see that but you know my mom stayed home when we were young children all those years and it was very traditional you know you know shepherd's pie on mondays and and yeah. set meals and, you know, apple trees in the garden and she'd put the washing on the line and the train and go past and it was a picture book kind of childhood. Yeah, um, yeah. But, you know, I think my mother was bored. I remember at one point she went out and got a job mm-hmm. in an office which she loved. I used to go meet her from the train. But, you know, Vivian, in retrospect, that only lasted a very short time. And I know she told me later that my dad just hated her working. So she mm-hmm. had to stay home. Mm-hmm. And so I think for my mother, um, when we moved into the pub, it was a new lease on life. Mm-hmm. She mm-hmm. loved, she loved to, you know, it was a working job. But the difficulty with that was my mother and father then were working 24 hours a day. So it, it is difficult for the working mother to find a happy medium. I, I think for someone like you who stayed home and you taught your children, that's a huge job. So you didn't have a minute to be bored. No. Or, you know, presumably you weren't questioning yourself whether you were a fulfilled woman because you were obviously more than doing your shit. So, well, I didn't get a paycheck every month. I know. I, that, it's difficult. I mean, there's so many things play into yeah. that. But, yeah. you know, I, th- I think at the end of the day, for me, the biggest thing, because I work, but I've been lucky enough for most of my life to just work part-time. And for me, that's been a happy medium because, you know, I go to work three days a week and I'm home at three o'clock and, you know, I like my job, so I come in in a good mood. But gosh, Vivian, for women who go out and work full time and especially for those women who do it because they have to and they don't particularly like what they're doing. So, Kathy, what, what happened um, with your family when you wanted to go on family vacations, or did oh, you ever go on, on family vacations? We, we never were able to go on a family vacation. We could never leave the business in anyone else's hands. So, you know, I used to be my mother's from probably when I was 12, 13. My mom and I used to go away. You know, we, we'd go across the island, or we, we went to Amsterdam one time, and uh, my poor mom. <laughs> so here, my dad never, never had a vacation. Okay. You couldn't yeah. leave the business. so And especially in a business like that, it's a 24-hour all-consuming thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so you just, you've got no one you can kind of leave it in the hands with. So, so when they retired, did, did they sell the business? I mean, they obviously. sold the business and just moved yeah. to a small house. But that was very difficult for them because, okay. you know, you imagine living in a pub and you live on top of the pub and mm-hmm. there's five 
children, most of you teenagers, and the barmen who worked in the pub were upstairs too, and you're surrounded by people all the time. And when they moved out and moved into a small kind of bungalow place, mm-hmm. oh, I think that was really hard. Yeah. That yeah. was a culture shock for them. So kind of the they became the empty nesters. Well, did, did, so they, did they work... Um until, you know, they couldn't work anymore? Did they decide to retire at a particular they age? They had to retire because the business was changing and oh, the the, okay. um, the self-owned pubs like they had, the, yeah. the, it was kind of becoming the Walmart mentality. All those yeah. little businesses were going under, so it was just time to leave. They were kind of forced to make that decision. Yeah. And I bet it took them five or six years to even be able to, to come to terms with just living in an ordinary quiet house again. Yeah. Kind of the way it is for empty nesters when the kids yeah. go. Yeah. Well, Kathy, that's the end of our time this week. Oh, good, Vivian. I'm, I'm heading off to Galveston Ooh, this week. Good for yeah. you. Well, I hope yeah. the sun Spring stays break. out for you. You get a nice tan. Thank you. Thank have, you. I'll see fun. you next week. Nice to talk to you. Talk to you, you next have week, a good Vivian. Weekend. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Well, that's another hour, and it's been brilliant. I'm making soup tonight for a meatless dinner at church before Stations of the Cross. And on Saturday, tomorrow, I'm going to a fancy dress function with the Daughters of the British Empire. I'm representing the 60s, which is way before my time. Actually, I'm going in a little dress and I'm doing like the twiggy makeup and everything. Don't forget that the clocks spring forward. That means we lose an hour on Sunday morning, but it'll be lighter in the evenings. Summer's on the way and we're going to Galveston, as I said to Kathy, for spring break. So I'll have lots of news next week. So I'll say goodbye And thank you to my handsome husband who believes in love at first sight and our four children who are the result of that belief. Susie Cannonberg and her network building vision, the staff at ToggyNet Radio. Kathy from Liverpool, my guest Hannah Keeley and Rosemary and Father St. John's for listening in. Next week, we'll look at how my parents dealt with our holidays home from boarding school. And my guest will be Mr. J. Shelby Sharp, J.D., who during the 80s represented homeschoolers in the Leaper case. So stay warm and have a brilliant week. Bye. And may God bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Thank you for joining us for The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney on Toginet.